want to personally welcome you out today to a brand new episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Chris Hollifield. I am your host. I'm also a local real estate agent here in the Salt Lake City area. And today on episode 554, I get a chat with my new friend, Jill Watanabe from Suki Saki. Yes, guys, you heard me right. We have Saki here in Utah, and Jill is going to share their story on how this crazy idea came to her and the start of the company. She's really cool. Such a fun story. So stoked that I got to chat with her. I'm excited to play that here in just a minute. Before I do that, like I mentioned at the very start, I'm a real estate agent here in the Salt Lake City area, so if you're thinking of moving to the area or possibly just moving across town, or maybe you just have some questions, or maybe you're not moving, but you know someone who needs an awesome real estate agent, give me a call, shoot me a text, get in touch with me, because I'd love to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, My direct cell phone number is 801-244-2908. And hey, if you just want to text me and say hello, I love those kind of text messages as well. Like I said, on this episode is Jill Watanabe from Suki Saki. This is a good conversation, you guys. Enjoy. So, I mean, I want to start right at the beginning with, uh, you know, how long you've even been around. Like, when did this whole idea to start a sake company even even come around? Well, um, first things first, you know, I was planning on going to... Japan, um, in good old 2020, um, to do a sake brewing internship and COVID hit. <laughs> so we all know what happened there. Um, but, um, Suki Sake was founded in 2020. Um, I reached out to a couple guys that I, uh, had gotten wind of, um, were also interested in starting a sake company. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we just, you know, I just cold called them and was just like, Hey, I'm, I'm Jill. Like, <laughs> I really want to start a sake company. I heard you guys do too, and uh, you know, here we are. <laughs> so, did so, they want to? Did they want to partner with you then? Yep. So we we just met. We'd never met before, and it was just kind of serendipitous and organic. And um, we all got along really well, and brought different uh, strengths to the table, and um, partnered up and launched our our first bottles of sake and those hit the shelves in salt lake in 2021 okay so i mean just to just to back up just a titch there so you were planning in 2020 you were planning on going to japan for an internship but because of covid you couldn't go exactly so because Mm -hmm. of that you just said forget it i'm just going to start my own my own business yeah essentially i mean just trying to make lemonade out of lemons, I guess. (laughs) Were you, were you making any sort of sake before this? I mean, were you kind of just making it on your own, like as a hobby at all? I was planning on beginning home brewing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I actually also cold called, uh, William in Denver and he'd been brewing sake for a few years and, uh, just asked him, you know, Hey, can I do an informational interview with you? I just want to learn more about the sake business. Um, it's a growing niche, obviously in America. How did you get your start? You know, any advice while I start my adventure? And he was just like, dude, I wasted <laughs> so much product trying to figure out how to brew this shit. And, uh, you should just come out and, and learn from me instead of wasting time and resources. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was amazing. He's awesome. An amazing partner as well. And, uh, that's where, uh, that's where that pivoted towards. So, um, I'm also, I'm a half Japanese 
Salt Lake City native and just really fell in love with sake along the way uh, throughout my Japanese cuisine based uh, career. And um, I took the sake advisor course through the Sake School of America in 2016, 15. Um, I've since been certified as a sake sommelier through the same organization. And uh, there's a, there's always plenty to learn about sake. It just never, it never ends. You know, you're always, always learning something new, always finding out about a new sake, different regions, terroirs, prefectures, um, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no other local, there's no, no other local sake uh, makers or, or manufacturers here in Salt Lake City, right? You're the only one. Correct. Yep. That how how has that gone for you? I mean, being the the first and only one so far. I mean, what's the response been like? It's been amazing. Honestly, we we really didn't know what to expect and uh-huh. how you know Salt Lake City would receive a sake company. Yeah. But we've just been completely blown away. One by the amazing uh, brewing community, you know, food and beverage community in Salt Lake, um, super welcoming and inclusive, and um, consumers have just been loving it you know so we were pleasantly surprised that our uh our concepts were proven true and um that there's a you know there's a demand for uh gluten-free options vegan options sulfite free you know uh options uh that sake has to offer just kind of naturally did you run into um so obviously Utah, Salt Lake City were known to lean more towards, you know, the conservative side of things, especially when it comes to liquor and especially when it uh, comes to what you're, you're dealing with. I mean, did you run into many obstacles in the very beginning with trying to get your business off the ground and get that whole thing going? I mean, that part of it was definitely a little daunting. You know, I was like, yeah. that was something that, that I researched quite thoroughly before, you know, taking, taking, forward steps just because, you know, I didn't want to, um, encounter any (laughs) hiccups along the way. So, um, yeah, that was something that I definitely was like, is that even possible? You know, is this allowed? What are, how is it classified? Um, I think generally it's classified as a wine, Mm -hmm. um, and then statewide it is classified as a wine. So that kind of simplified things. Um, I think if it was classified as a beer, it would be more confusing because, you know, there's obviously extensive beer laws in Utah, but since it is a wine, it's almost like a, like an upper hand because the laws are a little more simple. Interesting. Cause I was going to say if, if it was classified as a beer, then we could have picked it up in like Smith's or something like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, how right. cool would that be? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe if we were, there's plenty on the drawing board for a low, ABV sake, um, of some kind. So we're, we're still brainstorming a lot of ideas, um, right now. So you, so you were saying since it's classified as a wine, that it's actually better for you then, than, than a beer. I mean, a little bit, it's, it's a little bit easier to deal with. You can have wine on tap in oh. the state of Utah. Oh, yep. interesting. Yep. So that's one of our, our next adventures is, um, we're actually going to begin kegging our supermoon. Uh, June my Daiginjo and, you know, start seeing if uh, restaurants want to carry us on draft. It's pretty exciting there. Very cool. So 
are you in you're in all the are you in all the liquor stores then here in Utah? I mean, just about. Were, were you yeah, able to hit be, the shelves right away? Um, we we began as a special order, mm-hmm. um, and we just you know again just had so much support and welcoming from the food and beverage community. Mm-hmm. Um, Takashi, Sapa, Hamachi, um, my business partner. Kirk Terashima, he is the executive chef at Yukiyama on Main Street, you know, so we're we're decently networked. Um, and so since we began as a special order, um, we were only available by cases. You know, the DABC wanted to also see proof of concept. <laughs> and uh, luckily it was there. And um, once those special orders started uh, flowing in, then we were able to be put on liquor store shelves as well. Once the special orders from the liquor store. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause does that tell just, just even for listener's sake, a lot of people don't know the behind the scenes parts of a lot of this stuff. So, so if people request certain products from the state liquor stores and put orders in, is that, that, that kind of tells them, Hey, maybe we should order this and sell this. Right. Is that kind of what, right. I'm, what I'm understanding? Uh huh. So I, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but yeah, yeah. I believe you can, um, um, just a regular consumer can go into the DABC club store and special order uh, wine, spirits, um, and beers, mm-hmm. uh, but it has to be by the case. Okay. If it's something that doesn't that they typically don't carry, um, it has to be by the case. So, and there's also like distribution um, things as well going on behind the scenes where. Um, depending on who the DABC's distributors are, if they carry that product and if they don't. But yeah, that's that's something, you know, I've learned a lot <laughs> about the DABC and how it works. And um, if you ever want to just get a case of Sukisake, all you have to do is order it a day in advance and you can pick it up at the club store just as a consumer. Okay. And I'm looking here on the website. I mean, you could buy it from the website, but obviously probably not in Utah, I would imagine. This is probably more, which is so funny, right? Because it's like, you're in Utah, but I can't buy it from you (laughs) online. But somebody from a neighboring state, or I guess, can you legally ship to all states? Or or is there some states you can't still ship to? I mean, I guess probably. Yeah, there's there's other states besides Utah that we can't ship to. Uh Um, They also have funky liquor laws but um we do sell our bottles online on our website for out-of-state purchase as well so anyone outside of utah as long as you know you can ship alcohol to your state they can also go on and and purchase our products online now what about out of the country just because i even asked that because i know i mean believe it i have listeners outside of outside of the united states so it's probably i would imagine there's some some red tape there to probably ship internationally i would imagine that's awesome. I mean, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, haven't looked into that yet. But you haven't looked in. Well, you could try. That would it, right? be, I mean, that would you be could, flattering you, if yeah. someone out of the country ordered our products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just because, I mean, I, I do say that because, I mean, I even though again, this is a Salt Lake City podcast. I got a lot of listeners in California and and, and outside of of Utah, and so mm-hmm. who knows? They might want to buy some of your product. I know they've been known to buy some of from some of our other local distilleries. Yeah, um, we would love that. And you have two different sakes right now. I'm looking on the website. You have uh, the Harvest Moon as well as the Super Moon. Yes, sir. What What's so, the suki, difference between the two of those? Tell Tell me a little bit about those. Um, suki means moon in modern Japanese, mm-hmm. and I was actually named by my wife Kayla. Okay. Um, and she she actually was like, I can't. I came up with a perfect name. 
uh, Tsuki means moon in modern Japanese. I started researching that and um, it basically is like a, a symbol of female strength and I, it was just, it was just perfect. Um, so we loving, lovingly named our products after that. Um, the super moon is basically our flagship. Um, it's kind of our passion project Why we, why we started this whole thing. That is a Junmai Daiginjo. Junmai means pure rice. So only water rice yeast and koji are used to, to brew this. Um, we make house-made koji, which is basically steamed sake rice that's been inoculated with uh, yellow koji. Uh, it's basically a mold that turns the starch in the rice into sugar for the yeast to turn into CO2 and alcohol. Okay. And basically it means it's very pure and it takes it's craft it's craft sake there's you have your beginning products or your beginning materials and then your ending materials all in the same tank nothing's added taken away so yeah very pure it's easy on your body um i always tell people just drink that all night and like you won't have a hangover trust me (laughs) so if you if you want to test it i mean I'm, i'm all for that and then a uh, daiginjo is the rice polish ratio. That's basically 50% of the rice grain is remaining after it's been polished. And what that does is get you closer to, to the starch in the center and gets rid of a lot of the proteins and lipids and ash that are on the outer um, bran of the, of the rice grain. <clears throat> and so you get a more premium, um, cleaner, aromatic, uh, style sake. Do you ever give tours at your facility or anything like that? I know some of the other distilleries sometimes do. I don't know. Do you do you give tours there or at all? Uh, not yet, not yet. Um, our our facility is located in Denver. Oh, okay. Um, as of right now, so uh, once we open a brewery or a tap house here, one hundred percent. But trying to grow a business post COVID uh, takes takes a little longer. <laughs> just a uh, just a heads up for anyone who's a uh, starting a business. Did, did COVID, did COVID affect things pretty, pretty bad for you guys? I mean, it was mostly like sourcing, uh, materials. You know, we, we ran into bottling issues, labeling issues, all sorts, you know, inflated freight costs, you know, so, um, it's been a, it's been a ride, but I feel like, you know, it's all just part of the adventure and we're just learning, um, a lot as we go. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's the best way to do it. Right. It's just jump jump in. Well, they say <laughs> so, that, right? Fail, fail fast or something like that. Learn from your failures and, yep. and all of that. I mean, what do you know now that you wished you would have known when all of this started? I mean, what kind of, kind of, this is a two-part question. It's the same question kind of. So what do you know and what advice would you give somebody who's looking to start a business? I mean, kind of the same answer in, in, to a degree. Well, one, get ready to hustle because okay. <laughs> you still have to you know, you still have to hustle while you're trying to get to a, a point where you're profiting, right? Yeah. Um, every, every small business starting out, just, it just takes, it takes money. It, there's costs, um, there's hiccups, there's mistakes, you know, cause you're, you're doing so many things that you've never done before. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> our situation was a little unique because we, since we were founded in 2020, I, I had a lot more time on my hands 
that year. <laughs> and so then, you know, when 2021 happened, then I was like, oh, shit, I'm I'm really busy again. You know, I don't have as much free time as I did last year. I think we all kind of felt that a little bit, right? right. Like all of yep. a sudden we had all this time, we're stuck at home and we have all these mm-hmm. ideas and we're like, oh, let's start this. Let's do this. And then when life went back to normal, it's like, yeah. then all, all of a sudden, sudden you're, you're like, like, oh, wow, I should have started this project. Yeah. committed. Yeah. 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 So, but, uh, yeah. Oh, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, that's, I mean, that's essentially it. It's, uh, um, you know, you have to, you have to be passionate about what you're doing to stay motivated, right? Even I'm passionate about sake. I really want to uh, grow the American sake industry. I want to, our brand is all about like balancing, you know, modern American and traditional Japanese, you know, it's, um, and we just really want to just grow the American sake industry. And so, you know, you have to be passionate about what you're doing in order to do the work, you know, doing the work, like, calling around trying to find bottles um getting hundreds of quotes from from manufacturers in china uh you know trying to figure out how do we ship an entire shipping container from china to denver you know it's a it's it's nuts so just try to stay motivated and work-life balance and and you never feel like you have enough time to do what you want to get done (laughs) so so be honest here with me jill was there ever a time in the beginning of trying to get this going that you were like, I'm done. I don't even want to do this. I want to throw the towel in. This is a dumb idea. I, I don't even want to make side. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, were, was there a moment where you were like, I'm, I, I don't even want to do this? I mean, not yet. Oh, not yet. Not, so, okay. No, <laughs> yeah, that's good. I it, didn't know if like in the beginning, you know how sometimes people get these ideas and then, and then they run into a little hiccup and they're like, okay, that was a stupid idea. I don't even, you know. I mean, a lot of it is, is, you make the, you plan, you try to plan things as as much as you can, but they don't always go the way that you're, you're planning. So you have to be flexible and you have to pivot and you have to um, make mistakes and then just like get right back up, you know, and just always trying to be action based, Mm -hmm. you know, how can I, how can I grow this? How can I balance, you know, my side hustle with uh, the time I'm investing in their growth of the, com- of the company, you know? So, um, that's always a <laughs> balancing act. It definitely has been over the last year. Um, but we're growing and, you know, hard work always pays off. Where do you see all this in the next three to five years? Like what's, what's in store for you? What's your goal here? Um, we just, I have so many ideas. Um, and so it's mostly just collecting enough data on the products that we currently have out, you know, our analytics, um, marketing, any way, any way to expand. Um, sake is constant education as well. Um, so my, my hope is that, you know, people start drinking sake with cuisine outside of Japanese cuisine and, um, just kind of make it a regular, you know, thing that you pick up at the liquor store. Um, so just, just adding that to American bar lists, you know, and cause I would love it if I went out to like, you know, somewhere downtown and they had that on the menu, I would order it, you know, Sure. and I drink it all night. So I don't have a hangover the next day. 
So, so wait, does sake not give anybody a hangover? I mean, is that? I mean, <laughs> you've mentioned that a debatable. couple of times. I was going to say because I, I mean, I've drank. So I just I haven't paid attention if I have a, get a hangover or not. I guess. Well, if you only drink that all night, I think you probably wouldn't. I mean, huh. imagine imagine drinking whiskey all night. You know, it's oh, aged yeah, in just, wood. Oh, yeah. It's aged in wood, and so you know that that'll get you as well as like um, a lot of wines that are also aged in oak. Um, mm-hmm. or any, any type of wood, um, those will get you, but yeah. <clears throat> I just prefer sake over yeah. every beverage. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't fight with food. You could pair it with so many different things. Um, again, it's easy on the body. You know, there's, there's so many great advantages to it. There's, there's actually, a, a sake brewery in, in Hawaii. Um, I forget her name, but she, she's the owner and operator and her story is so cool. Cause she, she actually, um, was a doctor to, and she was studying, uh, the effects that stress has on the body and, um, stumbled across sake. And apparently, you know, those go hand in hand with, um, just relaxing the body and it's easy on the body. And, you know, so there's an anecdote, for a little proof that uh, of what an amazing beverage it really is. So I have a few Salt Lake City questions uh, that I ask everybody that comes through the show here, Jill. So of course I have to ask you. We have family and friends that visit us from out of state, right? They come into town. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have family coming in this weekend. I don't know. Let's just say hypothetically here. <laughs> I actually do. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So, and they're they're going to say, give us a tour of the area. Give us a tour of Salt Lake City of the Valley. Is there one or two places that you love to show off that you love to, to show people? And I mean, I've had people tell me anything, you know, from the great salt Lake to park city to downtown salt Lake to the temple, whatever. I don't know. I mean, is there anything you like to show off in the area? I always like to, you know, normalize the the negative stigma of, of Utah and Mm -hmm. its liquor laws. Brewery hopping is one of my favorite things. Right on. Um, so we usually start in like Sugar House, like Grid City. There's, and then we just kind of work our way up, uh-huh. um, you know, level crossing and then uh, work up to Hopkins, of course, Wasatch. There's craft right there, you know. And Grid City is always just an amazing place to start because their concept is, is fantastic. I think it's just absolute genius um, being able to drink one beer three different ways cask co2 nitro um that concept is just genius i think so yeah the, 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 oh sorry go, go ahead sorry well they're just all they're just another um you know local craft brewery that inspired me to get into the the scene you yeah know? no those guys are it's awesome. such an innovative idea it's yeah, what i was gonna say it's, it's awesome the Local brewery and, and liquor community. I mean, it has just exploded over the last, you know, five years, mm-hmm. really. Um, yeah. And, and I've, you know, gotten to know a lot of them through the podcast, thank goodness. So, I mean, Grid City is, is one of them that I've had through the show. I mean, they, they get great stuff, great stuff there. What about favorite local eating spots? You know, I, I started asking this when the, when the show started, and now there's so many fantastic local eating <laughs> spots. But I'm always yeah. curious if, if people have one or two favorites that they just love to eat at. Um, I think there's a, the hidden gem in sugar House is Ozora. It's an izakaya. Okay. They have sushi. They have, um, an amazing sake list, you know, uh, 
uh, importation permitting, of course, because yeah. that's been scarce and a little hard to find um, is Japanese sake, but um, amazing sake list. Uh, they have yakitori, they have udon, they have ramen, like they're, they're just set up. So if you're like a Japanese um, food freak, like I am, <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite places to go. But of course, you know, Takashi and Sapa, um, those, those are just dope. And then Hamachi, their food is amazing. So out of, out of, you know, Japanese places, that's, those are amazing. Um, I really love Whiskey Street, of course, White Horse, their food is amazing. I've been trying to get out to Salt Lake City Eatery, but I still haven't yet, but I, I've heard amazing things. Cecilia Mia is fantastic for Italian. They do that cheese wheel by the table. Um, if I just want like pub food, I love Wasatch um, and their beers are great. And you got to love Sugar House. I mean, I lived in Sugar House for like six years and I, I just love that uh, part of town. Oh, it's it's great in that area. I mean, just the uh, well, it's changing, though. I mean, over the last, oh, yeah. you know, uh, watching the change over the last 10 years, I, you know, some things I like, some things I don't like. But but Sugar House will always hold a special place in my heart as well. There's just something about that area. Yeah. That, I mean, uh, I still remember when it was a uh, sugar house coffee on the corner. Oh yeah. yeah blue yeah. boutique and blue, like that. Blue weird cats. I, do you remember blue road? cats up there? I don't know if you go back that far when, when I, there don't, was blue I cats don't remember coffee. blue cats. No, yeah. And then the heavy but, metal shop was up there in sugar house too. Yeah. And it's, it, I just remember there wasn't even like, I don't think, I just remember there was like a dirt corner. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. even like pavement. The, the hole, the hole there, yeah. that was there yeah. for forever when they tore all that down, but uh, is there anything you would change about Salt Lake City or the area if you could, if you if you had a magic wand, or if you were the mayor, or however you interpret that question? I mean, politically speaking, I think it gets bluer the closer you get to downtown. But of course, yeah, we're still a very red state, and um, I mean that's kind of anywhere. So I do wish it was more equal. I guess just to keep it short and sweet in every way that that means, <laughs> um, uh, you know, any intersection. But I do think that, uh, you know, we're growing a lot. We're growing really fast. Um, I love that it's diversifying more. What do you think of the growth here? What do you think of all the growth? There's pros and cons either way, right? I mean, sure. everything sure is expensive. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we, we bought our house before that. But, uh, you know, it's just a... Uh, it's crowded now. <laughs> Rush hour is all the time, it feels like. And, you know, the events like in in the canyons, you know, uh, like Oktoberfest, like where do you park anymore, you know? So, but that being said, it, it is diversifying. And I think that's, I think it's good to have a richer culture, you yeah. know, here. So. I agree. Well, it's been fun chatting with you, Jill. I mean, it's been great getting to know you more about your sake and more about your company. Uh, how can listeners, as we kind of wrap this episode up, I mean, let's figure out how, how can listeners connect with you? How can they find out more about your sake, your website, social media, all that, if you want to, if you want to plug all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best way would be to go to our website and join our mailing list. Um, then you'll be the first to know about any of our pop-up events that we have. We're actually, um, collaborating with, uh, Gnome on night South and, um, we're going to be doing an event with them. Um, we're, we did a pop-up event in the spring 
who is a Sakura full moon. Um, there's, you know, a lot of, we want to start doing sake classes. Cause like I said, sake is continuous education. Um, so once you learn about how amazing it is, you kind of get hooked. So, um, that's my goal. And then, uh, our social media on Instagram is Sukisake SLC. And yeah, check us out online. Let your friends out of state know that they can purchase our products online for out of state. And if you're ever having a hard time finding us on Utah liquor store shelves, uh, just download the DABC app and search Suki, and it will list every location that carries us. Very cool. Anything else you want to add before we end this uh, podcast recording? Anything that you were hoping we would talk about that we didn't get an opportunity to yet, Jill? Yeah, I um, just to do a quick description on our uh, Harvest Moon White Peach Nagori. Mm-hmm. Um, that is brewed Junmai Ginjo style. And that is basically just added uh, white peach puree. And Nagori means we let some of the sake rice through when we press the sake. And that gives it a little sweet mochi rice um, notes to it. Um, so that's been a hit in in Utah. And so um, since we're an American-based sake company, um, our advantage is that we can add fruit purees to sake, whereas in Japan, it has to be clear to be classified as sake. And so in honor of how much Salt Lake has loved the white peach nigori, um, we're going to be releasing a third product uh, very soon. Uh, we poured some at Bristillery with Slug Magazine last weekend, and it was an absolute hit. Um, and that is going to be our Desert Moon Citrus Prickly Pear. And that, again, will be available as special order only in the beginning. So case, cases only and through the DABC Club Store. So if you can get out there and show your support, um, split a case with your friends. Uh, that way we can get on liquor store shelves even faster. Very cool. I'll have to try some of that. That's actually where I uh, found out about you at first. Was 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 it last year's or or was it a couple years ago at the Brewstillery, uh, the Slug uh, event? Nice. Yeah, we love that event. Yeah, yeah it was so one, one of the. I don't know how many years ago it was that you were. Let's see, twenty twenty must have been uh, last, last year. It must have been yep. last year. Um, and Slug Magazine has been absolutely amazing. Oh, um, I love them. Yeah, just yeah, they're the best. They they were very welcoming um, straight out the gate. So, well, very cool. Like I said, so stoked that I got you on the podcast that we we're able to figure out a time to record this. And, uh, that's it. Thank you so much. I always tell people, you know, let's catch up down the road and see what's going yeah, on. So totally. I would love that. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you. All right. Many, many thanks again to Jill Watanabe for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Such a great person, such a fun conversation. I learned so much uh, about her and about sake. Uh, and, and the fact that we have local sake here in Utah, I mean, you guys got to go try some of this stuff. Let me know what you think of it and uh, get in touch with Jill. Go tell her hello. Let her know you heard her on the podcast. Because, I mean, what's the point of listening to any of these episodes if you don't get connected, if you don't network, if you don't say hello, right? Hey, and speaking of networking, are you part of our Facebook group yet? Are you part of the I Am Salt Lake community? Uh, Really easy to join. Just do a search for I Am Salt Lake community and uh, request to join. And I'll I'll probably let you in as long as you're not a a robot or some spammer. Uh, But, you know, there's over 
2,000 of us in that group, and we're talking about Salt Lake City, we're talking about events coming up, we're talking about episodes of the podcast, we're just getting to know each other. So uh, I'd love for you to be part of that group as well. Hey, and if you are looking to move to Utah, if you're looking to move across town, if you just want to uh, upsize or maybe downsize a little bit, don't forget I am a uh, real estate agent here in the Salt Lake City area and I'd love to help you out. Give me a call. 801-244-2908 is my direct cell phone number. Uh, Chances are if you call that, I will pick it up. Or if you shoot me a text, I will uh, respond to you. So you guys have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. Bye now.